There is no right way to do the wrong thing. Why is Nino a better roommate than us, eh? Because Nino's my lover. Ah! Yeah, the protagonist, uh, Angelo, is not that funny. He has dreams, he wants to be happy, and the straight people around him are funny. Well, whatever you say. I just hope he finds himself a nice Italian girl. He won't find himself a nice Italian girl. He's gay. Nobody is a gayer than my son. Springfield, a place where everyone can marry, even dudes. This Way Out, the international LGBTQ radio magazine, I'm Greg Gordon. Thailand's government proposes marriage equality, a Virginia dad defends his trans daughter, and a cross-cultural queer comedy classic endures. Those stories and more this week because you've discovered This Way Out. I'm Ava Davis. And I'm John Dyer V. With NewsWrap, a summary of some of the news in or affecting LGBTQ communities around the world for the two weeks ending December 2nd, 2023. Thai Prime Minister Shweta Tavisen's cabinet has approved an amendment to the civil code to open marriage to gay and lesbian couples. He announced on November 21st that he expects a draft law to be introduced in Parliament on December 12th. A government spokesman told reporters that the words men and women, and husband and wife, in the civil code will be changed to individuals and marriage partners, respectively. Most of the family rights available to their heterosexual counterparts are included, but pension and inheritance laws still need to be amended to incorporate same-gender couples. Parliament debated several laws aimed at creating either civil unions or full marriage equality last year, but the legislative session ended without votes on any of them. Prime Minister Tavisen only took office in August. He also wants to build on Thailand's reputation as one of the world's most queer-friendly countries by having Bangkok host World Pride events in 2028, according to Reuters. If Parliament approves the marriage equality initiative, Thailand will join Taiwan and Nepal as Asia's leaders in opening civil marriage to lesbian and gay couples. Hopefully, Nepal's execution of new marriage rights won't be a model for Thailand and other Asian nations. Its Supreme Court ordered civil marriage opened to same-gender couples in July, but the first queer marriage was not legally registered until November 30th. The July decision said that marriage described in the civil code as between a man and a woman should be amended by Parliament to include same-gender couples it issued an interim order that those couples could immediately register their marriages. However, local government offices pointed to the interim nature of the high court ruling and claimed that lawmakers needed to first make it official. Surendra Pandey and Maya Gurung's challenges to the denial of their registration were rejected by two lower courts. Pandey identifies as a cisgender man and Gurung as a transgender woman. Because she is legally recognized by Nepal as male, their marriage is considered to be between two men, according to Human Rights Watch. Veteran activist Sunil Babu Pant led the Himalayan nation's major queer rights group, the Blue Diamond Society, for years before winning a seat in Parliament. 
He says that the unexpected changes in the process to allow local officials to register the marriages of same-gender couples announced by the Home Ministry this week made it a positive breeze for us. Pandey and Gurung married six years ago in a traditional Hindu ceremony, with the priest officiating and family and friends as witnesses. It only becomes legal now. Russia's Supreme Court has outlawed the non-existent international public LGBT movement. All queer rights groups are declared extremist, with the judges calling such activism an incitement of social and religious discord. The ruling puts every queer activist or ally in jeopardy of being arrested as extremist and facing lengthy prison terms. It takes effect immediately. Under current Russian law, it is illegal to participate in or finance an extremist group or organization. Violators face up to 12 years in prison. The High Court edict tightens the crackdown on queer activism that Russian autocrat Vladimir Putin and his cronies have conducted for the past decade. It builds on Russia's notorious no-promo-homo law that bans propaganda of non-traditional sexual orientations or gender identities that now covers all age groups. Russian lawmakers banned gender-affirming care for trans people in June and also denied trans people the right to change their legal gender on official documents. Sergei Troishin Sergeyev is a member of Russia's main opposition party. He told Reuters he fears that even queer supportive telephone hotlines will be forced to close. He says, Unfortunately, I'm sure there are many people who won't be able to get help. They will either die by suicide or simply be in some terrible state. Their life will be shortened and their health will deteriorate. They will drink and smoke more and so on, somehow trying to escape from this reality. Marie Struthers is a director for Eastern Europe and Central Asia at Amnesty International. To her, the high court action is shameful and absurd. She predicts far-reaching violations of the rights to freedom of association, expression, and peaceful assembly, as well as the right to be free from discrimination. Struthers fears that its repercussions are poised to be nothing short of catastrophic. Schemes to virtually ban LGBTQ activism are stretching from the Great Bear to the Sunshine State. Republican lawmakers in Florida are bent on expanding their notorious Don't Say Gay law to clamp down on queer advocacy. The bill is sponsored by Representative Ryan Chamberlain, who was elected earlier this year to fill Joe Harding's seat when the Don't Say Gay author headed to prison for wire fraud and money laundering. Chamberlain's HB 599 reads, It is an unlawful employment practice for a nonprofit organization or an employer who receives funding from the state to require, as a condition of employment, any training, instruction, or other activity on sexual orientation, gender identity, or gender expression. If enacted, it could shutter the state's queer advocacy groups, including Equality Florida. Harvard Law instructor Alejandra Carballo worried on social media that the proposal would effectively ban all LGBTQ nonprofits in the state. They would not be able to discuss sexual orientation or gender identity at all. This is horrifying. The bill also states, A person's gender is an immutable biological trait and that it is false to ascribe to a person a pronoun that does not correspond to such person's gender. A companion bill has yet to be introduced in the state Senate. Republican Governor Ron DeSantis has yet to express his position on the proposal. 
the flailing presidential candidate did, of course, gleefully sign the Don't Say Gay bill into law. He later approved its expansion from lower grades to high school in subsequent amendments. Brandon J. Wolf worked for Equality Florida before becoming National Press Secretary for the Human Rights Campaign. He called the bill a hateful anti-LGBTQ plus monstrosity. It is dangerous and unconstitutional, and we're prepared to fight back. Finally, Iowa's book ban is facing two separate lawsuits. A new state law prohibits books with what it calls sexual content in public school libraries and classrooms. It also effectively prevents educators from addressing LGBTQ issues. Under some circumstances, it forces school officials to out transgender students to their parents. It was passed by the Republican-dominated legislature and signed into law by Republican Governor Kim Reynolds earlier this year. It's scheduled to take effect on January 1st. The American Civil Liberties Union of Iowa and National Queer Advocacy Group Lambda Legal challenged the law earlier this week. Plaintiffs are the queer youth advocacy group Iowa Safe Schools and several students and their families. Their lawsuit charges that the legislation seeks to silence LGBTQ students, erase any recognition of LGBTQ people from public schools, and bans books with sexual or LGBTQ content. School staff who violate the law face disciplinary actions that could include termination of employment and loss of their state professional education license. The plaintiffs are asking for a temporary injunction to block enforcement of the law while their challenge plays out in court. They believe it will ultimately be declared an unconstitutional violation of students' and teachers' free speech and equal protection rights. A second federal lawsuit followed on November 30th. Its plaintiffs are the country's largest publisher, Penguin Random House, several best-selling authors, a student, and the 50,000-member-strong Iowa State Education Association. Dan Novak is one of the attorneys representing Penguin Random House. He said that the government can't violate free speech rights by pretending that school grounds are constitutional no-fly zones. He pointed out that the law bans Alice Walker's The Color Purple, Richard Wright's Native Son, and George Orwell's 1984, and remarked, No great American novel can survive. Novelist Lori Hulse Anderson is one of the plaintiff authors. Her banned in Iowa book, Speak, is about a young teenage rape victim. In her words, I think that anybody who finds a book about a 13-year-old rape survivor as being pornographic needs some professional help. That's News Wrap, global queer news with attitude, for the two weeks ending December 2nd, 2023. Follow the news in your area and around the world. An informed community is a strong community. News Wrap is written by Greg Gordon, edited by Lucia Chappelle, produced by Brian DeShazer, and brought to you by you. Thank you. Help keep us in ears around the world at thiswayout.org, where you can also read the text of this newscast and much more. For This Way Out, I'm John Dyer V. Stay healthy. And I'm Ava Davis. Stay safe. This just in. Moscow police wasted no time raiding three queer venues after Russia's Supreme Court outlawed the international public LGBT movement. 
Routine drug busts were the pretext for the December 1st actions, but patrons' passports were photographed, and one witness said that some 300 people were forced to strip to their underwear at one venue. We'll continue to follow this story. A cross-cultural Canadian comedy continues to entertain. How do you think our parents would react if I were to tell them that I'm a... A what? You know, a... a fag. Hey, shh. This is gonna kill them. Tell them. Later in the program. Cody Connor moved his family to Virginia Beach from a more rural part of the state in hopes of finding a more welcoming environment for his trans daughter. Unfortunately, Governor Glenn Youngkin's discriminatory model policies for public schools were issued shortly thereafter. Connor has spoken out nearly 20 times at school board meetings since then. Its members most recently began considering full implementation of Duncan's anti-trans policies in their district. One of the 42-year-old father's impassioned rants has accumulated more than half a million TikTok views. I wasn't surprised by another delay at the last school board meeting. Because no matter how hard you try to implement these discriminatory policies in the right way, you are never going to find a right way to do the wrong thing. And Governor Youngkin's policies are wrong. One of the ways you could tell is because you have speakers from groups like Moms for Liberty here to support them. And I'll be real simple in case you aren't paying attention. They're not the good guys. How can you tell? I can help. The good guys don't get declared extremist groups by human rights organizations. Never in history have the good guys been the ones trying to ban books. Never in history have the good guys been a segregationist group pushing to legislate identity. Never in history have the good guys been closely connected with and supported by hate groups like the Proud Boys. And the good guys don't put Hitler quotes for inspiration on the front of their newsletters. Newsflash, they're the bad guys. They're the bad guys here supporting bad policy. And if you support the same bad policy, guess what? You're one of the bad guys too. When you look around and see only the wrong people support what you're doing, you're doing the wrong thing. Now, you've heard some speakers come up here and say how they love these kids but won't accept them. I'm here telling you that if your love makes somebody not want to be alive, it's not love. That's not love. Some speakers are going to get up here and talk about parental rights. The only right a parent has is the right to responsibility. And if you need somebody else to tell you who your kid is, you're probably not that good a parent. And some are going to get up here and tell you how it's the law. Well, I'd remind you that slavery and segregation also used to be the law here in Virginia, and that there is no right way to do the wrong thing. So do the right thing. Reject these policies that harm and endanger our LGBTQ students. Be the good guys while you still can. That was Cody Connor speaking in support of his trans daughter before the City of Virginia Beach School Board. Oh, 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 
Our listeners support This Way Out in many ways. By subscribing to our e-newsletter. Email us at info at thiswayout.org. And through your financial contributions to our program. More information about how you can give is online at thiswayout.org. Thank Thank you. you. Movies is magic. Real life is tragic. Twenty years ago, a Canadian-made queer comedy became a cross-cultural hit around the world. You can still enjoy it online. This way, as John Frame caught up with the director when Mambo Italiano first arrived in Brisbane. How do you think our parents would react if I were to tell them that I'm a... A what? You know, a... A fag. Hey, sh- What is so wrong with living at home until you get married? This is gonna kill them. Tell them. Why is Nino a better roommate than us, eh? Yeah, why? Because Nino's my lover. Ah! Emil Goudreau, welcome to This Way Out. My pleasure. Mambo Italiano. It's the sort of film that a wide range of people will enjoy. When I was doing the movie, uh, Steve Gallucci show, the writer and I, we always wanted to do a mainstream comedy. So it was always the objective to, for that movie to be shown to uh, a wide audience. You know, mm-hmm. to have a, a movie with a gay pro- protagonist surrounded by a lot of people, a lot of, gay, a lot of straight characters who are funny, and uh, to make that movie accessible. And to make it fun to watch for a gay audience and straight audience. And, and that was fun, because that's what, that's what happened here. We went to see, I, see, I went to see the movie, and there were a mix of people in it, and I think it's good. I think it's great for a gay person to go see a movie with a, a gay protagonist, and to watch it surrounded by a lot of straight people and they seem to really get into it. They seem to be really enjoy it and they respond to they respond to it. So I think it's a good experience. It's fun. You ready? No. Yes, you are. Go. Hello, gay helpline. How may I help you? My parents are gonna kill me if I tell them I'm a fag, but I can't go on this way. You don't have to tell them. But this is killing me. Then tell them. But then they're gonna kill me. Well then you got nothing to lose, because either way you'll end up dead, right? Hello? On the practical side of what the film says to people, in terms of issues, each person, each gay person, gay or lesbian in the world, really has to work out for themselves when and how it's appropriate to break the news to their parents. Mm-hmm. But in Mumbo Italiano, when the parents react with shock, that is a real reaction that happens with plenty of parents. Sometimes you need to give parents a period of time to adjust. But it is good to have telephone counselling lines that can help people in the meantime to get support. And I think that it's valuable that the film will let a lot of viewers realize that these services exist because That's they are true. life-saving. Hmm. As it wasn't in our mind when we, we did that because for us it was first a way to, for the actor, the other character to talk about himself and to know him better. We thought it was a fun way and a fast way and uh, in a way easy, easy way to, to have the actor, the, the, the character talk about himself. But I guess, uh, I guess you're right. And because I was a volunteer in a gay line like that uh, for a couple of years, uh, I, I know the importance of those lines, and I know uh, it can be, uh, in a way, sometimes it can really save lives, yep. literally. Uh, some of the calls we have in those lines are so dramatic. It's kind of, uh, because uh, sometimes we have the impression that we live in a really easy gay world because of the other people we just around us, and uh, you know we live in, in, in big cities with, with gay village, but the reality, it's still, it's still not that easy for a lot of people. 
Mm-hmm. I think a, a line like that, it's really good. Just for the fact that those people, they talk to a gay person, knowing that person is gay. For some people, it's the first gay person that they talk to. So only that, and, and the person that is caring and that's listening to them with uh, compassion, only that, it's such a big thing for those, those, those people. In Montreal, uh, Gay Line, I had a lot of phone calls from uh, sons and daughters of immigrants living in Montreal uh, and Quebec. And for them, it was extremely difficult to make their coming out. Uh, for, uh, some of, for some of them, it was just impossible. And I thought it was very interesting. So it's a reality that we, we're really seeing. So I, uh, I was thinking when I was reading the play, we, I think that that's, this story needs to be, to be, uh, to be seen. And it was, it's, I think it's, that, that makes the movie uh, contemporary in a way uh, that uh, other coming out story, you know, we've seen a lot of coming out story, but we've never seen that coming out story and all those, all those people, where they're coming from, how it affects the way they think, the way they see the world. So for Steve and I, we, we said, you know, uh, I think we need, we need to show that story. Gino, Maria, what are you two doing here, huh? We live here. It's set and filmed on location in Little Italy in Montreal. Yeah. So are local Italians in Montreal happy with it? Yes, yes. Uh, for them, it's fun to see themselves on screen because they rarely see that. You know, they, they've seen Italian, uh, American Italian. They've seen a lot of mafia type of movie. But uh, it's fun for them to see. Uh, it's, I think it's very important. That's why I think it's very important for gay people too, to see ourselves at, as protagonists in movies, you know. And I think for the Italian community in Montreal, it was fun to see themselves. Of course, some, some of when you do a comedy like that, uh, there's a little percentage of the people who are kind of they don't want. We're not like that. Like any comedy you will do about any group, you have people who don't see themselves like that. Uh, and some of the people will say to us, you know, you could have go farther because you, know, you tone it down. So, uh, but so the reaction was good because they, they really get it. They get little jokes that are in the movie that nobody else gets in a way, you know, mm. just just to see themselves and it, it makes them laugh to recognize themselves. So uh, that, that was good for us. Well, whatever you say. I just hope he finds himself a nice Italian girl. He won't find himself a nice Italian girl. He's gay. Nobody is a gayer than my son. Yes. And he's got a new boyfriend. A gorgeous man. Loves Angelo to death. I should love my wife the way he loves Angelo. You know right from the very start that this film has been made with gay men involved. That there's been no compromise made here to try to titillate or to apologise. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very empowering. And it's been a long time since I've seen a film that's so entertaining and so honestly gay. Oh, thank you. You know, we worked very hard to do that and to make that movie a movie that uh, that will be, as you said, honest and at the same time entertaining because we've seen so many straight movies, you know, with straight audience, with sometimes gay characters in it, but most of the time, uh, like those gay characters are support characters. Or we see ourselves on very good, but independent movie in specialized theaters or on cable. Or we see ourselves, you know, as uh, characters who make people laugh. But in Mambota, you know, what we, what we did, I think it's fun, is that we have the protagonist, uh, Angelo, is not that funny. He has dreams, he wants to be happy, and the straight people around him are funny, you know? <laughs> and usually it's kind of the straight people are more serious, and you have the gay character who is very funny. So uh, we really worked hard to try to find the right balance, and, you know, it's, I hope the gay audience will appreciate it. Are you saying that my Nino is banging your Angelo? No. 
I'm saying it's the other way around. <gasps> me? I can convert anybody. Give me an hour in the gay village, and there's not going to be a gay village no more. <gasps> I capito. Mosesu Valley Village? On St. Catherine Street between a Baudry and a Papano. How come you know so much about this Mosesu Valley Village? What's the matter? You're going to call me homosexual now? He's got to get it from somebody! What is this world coming to? Oh, Nino, look at this beautiful face. Huh? Nice, eh? <laughs> now, think of his big fat mother, because that's the face you're going to end up with. This has been John Frame from Portable Z Brisbane for This Way Out, speaking with Emile Goudreau, director and co-writer of Canadian film Mambo Italiano. Finally, we reported the following story ten years ago, and the world has somehow survived damnation. So far. Springfield, a place where everyone can marry, even dudes. The Roman Catholic Bishop of Springfield, Illinois, plans to exorcise the sin of marriage equality out of the land of Lincoln. Brian Mackey at WUIS-FM in Springfield has that story. Governor Pat Quinn is planning a big public ceremony to sign the same-sex marriage bill in Chicago. An hour or so later, Bishop Thomas John Paprocki will hold a sort of counter-service at the Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception in Springfield. In a statement, the bishop says politicians who supported same-sex marriage are, quote, morally complicit as cooperators in facilitating this grave sin. But during the House debate last week, an even higher Catholic authority was cited, House Speaker Michael Madigan quoting Pope Francis. If someone is gay and he searches for the Lord, and he has good will, who am I to judge? As if to refute that widely cited remark, Paprocki deployed his own quotation from the Pope when he was in his previous job as a cardinal in Argentina, calling same-sex marriage legislation there destructive of the plan of God. Madigan and Quinn are Catholics. The bishop says all politicians have a moral obligation to work for repeal of same-sex marriage. I'm Brian Mackey. The gays got married and released gay sports and all the straight people weren't in love no more because the gays got married. 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 Thanks for choosing This Way Out, brought to you by the nonprofit Overnight Productions. News Wrap was reported this week by Ava Davis and John Dyer V and produced by Brian DeShazer. Our correspondents were John Frame and Brian Mackey. You heard music by Simply Red, Kopham de Sukwo featuring Bez, Van Dyke Parks and Brian Wilson, and Trevor Moore. Kim Wilson composed and performed our theme music. This way, I thanks David Hunt and Richard Merck and Brad Payton of Silicon Valley. Listener donors make this program possible. Ask us about how you can join them. 
Look for This Way Out Radio on social media, email us at info at thiswayout.org, or write to us at P.O. Box 1065, Los Angeles, California, 90078, USA. For associate producer Lucia Chappell and everyone at This Way Out, I'm Greg Gordon. We thank you for listening online at thiswayout.org or wherever you get your podcasts. And on WGOT, Gainesville, Florida, KPCA, Petaluma, California, 4NSA, Noosa Heads, Queensland, and a wide array of community terrestrial and internet radio stations around the world, including this one. Stay healthy, stay safe, and stay doomed.